Section 59 of Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The World's Story, Volume 11, Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 59. The Golden Ransom. 1532. By Charles Bradford Hudson. The following extract is from a novel whose scenes are laid in the time of the coming of the Spaniards to Peru. Cristoval is a Spaniard who has shown himself friendly to the captive Inca and has advised him to offer a golden ransom. The Inca's offer of the vast amount of gold to secure his freedom is historic. The Editor The Spaniards were unprepared for the splendor of their entertainment. Banqueting was a function which the Peruvians had developed to a degree of elegance hardly equaled in Christendom. The table was laid in not only with the choicest viands of the region, but with a lavish display of plate that dazzled the eyes of the guests and rendered the vidor suddenly speechless. The Inca watched closely to observe the effect of the gold, and a moment convinced him that Cristoval was right. He noted the quick lighting of Pizarro's Saturnine countenance, and the significant glance at his companions, though the leader gave no other sign. Some of his officers retained less of their equipoise, and there were ejaculations of the names of saints, the faith, the cross, the sacrament, and the like, invoked to witness their astonishment. Mendoza broke into a coarse guffaw and slapped his neighbor on the back. De Soto, Hernando, Pizarro, Cristoval, and two or three others, the cavaliers of gentle breeding, stood with faces reddened or pale with humiliation, until Pizarro put an end to the exhibition with a stern, Attention, senors! For the sake of heaven, be silent! Ye are at the table of a gentleman! In uncomfortable constraint of some minutes' duration, followed the seating of the company. The Inca meditated upon the manifest craving of his guests for the tableware, a greediness to him preposterous. The Peruvians were diligent miners of the two precious metals, not because they assigned to them any especial value, but for the reason that they were beautiful and adaptable to purposes of decoration. The idea of their use as a medium of exchange, that they could be representative of the value of other things, of the luxuries, comforts, and even necessities of life, was beyond the Inca's conception. Money was a thing unknown in Tavantinsuyu, and Cristoval had not yet explained to him its use in Christendom. But Atahulpa saw the Spaniards display an interest in his plate which seemed emotional, even passionate, and which made them oblivious not only of the common courtesy due to him as their host, but of their own dignity. The unaccountable appetite excited at once his wonder and scorn. After a moment, however, he recalled the obligations of hostship, and with Filipilo's help engaged different ones in conversation. Pizarro swallowed his irritation and took part with more graciousness than Atahalpa had suspected him capable of showing, and the chill which had threatened to mar the evening gradually wore away. There were several of his nobles present, 
and they joined as freely in this sociability as circumstances permitted for at the royal table the extreme formality of the court was for the time suspended and the rigid distinction of prince and subject laid aside at last the table was cleared cups were served and filled with chica and the inca dipping his fingertips into the liquor philipped a few drops into the air as a libation to inti the sun he raised his cup and bowed to pizarro the latter responded and in accordance with an ancient custom of the peruvians remarkably like our own the inca touched his cup to that of his guest and they drank together thus with each of the company in turn atahulpa took a sip of chica this ceremony completed he turned again to the spanish commander and said with nonchalance i perceive viracocha pizarro that your people are attracted by some of our metals especially so by gold it is something you have in your own country it is something which some of us have in our own country my lord inca replied pizarro and of which more of us have little but something by the faith which all of us are pushing heartily to get ah said the inca but you possess a metal of far greater value in your iron viracocha it hath surprised me that you can set so much importance upon one of comparatively little worth but i would ask a question can freedom be purchased with gold surprised by its suddenness pizarro seemed to fail for a moment to find a reply can freedom be purchased with gold viracocha pizarro repeated atahulpa pizarro recovered himself and replied with emphasis by the crucifix that it can provided gold enough be offered provided gold enough be offered repeated the inca unable to conceal his eagerness then hear me general pizarro promise me liberty and i will cover the floor of this room with gold the company ceased talking pizarro looked at him in astonishment while a smile of incredulity went around the table atahualpa misinterpreted the silence and the expression taking them to mean that his offer was too meagre he looked from one to another for a moment then sprang to his feet and striding to the wall stretched his hand above his head as far as he could reach i will fill the room to this height with gold viracochus is it enough he demanded his eyes blazing with hardly suppressed excitement is it enough still the spaniards were silent dumb with amazement several had arisen mad whispered one the inca stood waiting for their reply his arm upraised his commanding figure drawn to its full height glittering in the lamplight with gems and golden decorations while his dark eyes gleamed from beneath the fringe of his ilotu as he surveyed the astonished veracoches is it not enough he demanded again then a like amount of silver hold in the name of heaven exclaimed cristoval warningly in quichua pizarro regained his voice what sayest thou peralta can he do it ask the noble beside thee the noble answered with emphasis in the affirmative then tis done shouted pizarro unable to restrain his excitement done agreed my lord inca we accept your offer make good your terms and you are a free man at liberty to go and come without let or hindrance here's my hand upon it wait we'll give you an instrument in writing zapato 
step out and send an orderly for my secretary hernando mount a chair and scratch a mark with thy dagger where the inca put his hand my lord deign to raise your hand again by the gods senor what say you to it a hundred thousand demons do you believe your ears we're all rich men ask the noble again peralta whether he can do it ask another of them saith he yes art sure blood and wounds and gods of war ha ha what say ye to it signors pizarro's cold reserve had gone cristoval had rarely seen him smile before now he laughed even roared not pleasantly and his pale countenance showed unaccustomed color the vidor had pulled several times at his sleeve unheeded pizarro he whispered pizarro hold off a bit he would have offered more i am sure of it pizarro turned upon him with impatience oh a curse upon thy money gluttony rogelio hath it no bounds art insatiable be silent he had opened his mouth to offer more i'll swear it oh misery snuffled the vidor as he turned away the room was in a hubbub every man was on his feet talking at the top of his voice and gesticulating now the chica flowed without stint when the secretary entered and set about the work of drawing up the agreement they crowded upon him explaining suggesting and advising until in despair he appealed to the commander and they were ordered back while pizarro dictated the document rogelio was a notary and the paper was duly attested and sworn to the inca looking on with interest and making his mark at last in accordance with a confusion of instructions from the wrought-up spaniards the business finished he retired with a faint significant smile to cristoval but his going was almost unnoted by the others and they lingered over their chica and their jubilation until the small hours when the guard was summoned to carry certain ones to their quarters rogelio was hauled from a corner and awoke to bitter tears and incoherent reproaches hurled against pizarro's want of commercial sense End of section fifty nine this recording is in the public domain